Um, this has been a couple of very busy weeks when we're talking about Toronto the Good because we have been covering nonstop gun violence in the city. And the latest is the death of Janice Nakaro. She is the 31-year-old killed in a drive-by shooting over the weekend. And her final words, you know, she was in a car with three of her friends and they were talking about life before she would hop out and go home to her North York apartment. And her final words when gunfire erupted would be, I'm hurt. That's the last thing her friends would hear her say before they realized that she had been, in fact, hit by the bullets being sprayed from a car passing by. And this is an area in the Allen and Lawrence area. This is a very well-traveled area. And so she became the city's 47th homicide. And then an hour later, another one is killed. You know, five people over the weekend in 24 hours were killed in violence. And then we get all the usual spin from the leaders. Toronto's safe. Toronto's great. You know, right on track, yada, yada, yada. But clearly it depends on where you live. And it clearly depends on if you believe the spin. Let's bring in Vincent Crisanti. He is the Toronto City Councilor for Ward 1 in Etobicoke North. Good to have you. Oh, great to be here, Alex. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Well, this is, um, I think this is an issue in particular that has been hitting your ward very, very hard. Uh, Do you believe when you hear the mayor uh, speaking out against us that Toronto is safe? Well, uh, Alex, you know, Toronto's a great city. But right now, we've got got issues that are serious issues that I don't don't believe are being addressed in the the way that they should. And uh, so... Uh, look, Toronto's a, a safe city, but it's right now it's uh, it, it's not as safe as it should be. Uh, the ward I represent, Etobicoke North Ward One, the three of the five shootings, uh, Alex, that you just made a mention of, were in my ward, and I could tell you my residents don't feel safe. So this angers me tremendously when. I don't get that sense uh, or that same, uh, you know, response from both the mayor and, and Chief Saunders as, uh, saying that we've got to do more. Um, and they're just um, keep assuring everyone that uh, Toronto's a safe city, mm-hmm. uh, but we have a very serious problem right now. We need to take corrective action and that corrective action is not being taken. Well, it's not. But, Councillor, they are going off the numbers. And if you, if you simply go off the numbers, then okay, Toronto is safe. However, in politics, as you well know, it's all about the optics. And while it may be safe in Forest Hill or Rosedale, I assure you, if five people had been shot in a 24-hour period, there would be hell to pay. Why isn't it not then as crucial and or treated as seriously when it comes to other wards? Well, you know, I don't know that. I ask myself the same question. Why am I not getting the support up in the northwest end of the city uh, that I've been asking for now for years? At the time that the Toronto Police Modernization Plan came into play and they implemented a hiring freeze uh, for Toronto Police, I said then that this spells trouble. I saw at that time, Alex, that we're going to be in a situation in the very near future and we're already there where we will not have the resources Mm -hmm. to be able to have a sustainable community policing model in place across the city, particularly in places where we need them, like areas in uh, in the northwest and other areas of the city that desperately needs visible policing. We need to put 
uh, community officers back into the communities. So in other and words, you would welcome Tavis right. back? Would you welcome these programs back, Carding and Tavis? I would welcome a, a model uh, like Tavis, maybe not Tavis the way it was before, because there were issues with Tavis and the way it was deployed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would certainly welcome um, a new model of community policing. Look, I think you need well-trained police officers that can work the communities, can can uh, be part of those communities but over a long period of time. You can't put them in there for, right. for two or three months, six months. They need to be there for four, five years where they get to know the people. This way the information flows. As a result of that information flowing, as a result of these officers being in those communities, then those communities become safer. So I would definitely welcome uh, a a, a type of of policing, community-based policing that is in these communities. I've been advocating for that. I'm still advocating for that. And it's not happening. And I just don't understand why uh, no one's paying attention to the need that we have in Etobicoke North. I've asked for help. I'm not getting it. Well, I I could point out one obvious reason, and that's that we are in an election year. And, uh, you know, to to take leadership on an issue like this is not always easy because sometimes you have to make unpopular decisions. And so, you know, the the mayor would have to stand up and say, look, we are going to go back to some practices while we'll revise them. We have to get police back into the community. Or, as I have said, you know, um, because I've been covering crime for an awful long time, why hasn't any politician addressed where the guns are coming in, in the reserve systems up by Cornwall, where we know that they're coming in, and yet no one will touch it. No one will even mention it. And, and, you know, you stop the flow of guns coming through. Maybe you can start actually dealing with the issue of, you know, illegal guns on Toronto streets. Absolutely. And I've asked for that, too. I've sent letters to the federal government. I think we need to do more to get rid of illegal guns to ensure that they don't cross our borders. And, uh, you know, I just get the same old rhetoric. There's nothing new that's coming from any level of government. I certainly hope now with, you know, and and while I'm confident now, I should say that with the new premier in the province, Mm -hmm. we're going to, I know we're going to get more attention. We're going to get more assistance. But, you know, election year or not, look, I'm speaking out. Uh, I'm speaking out on behalf of my residents. I'm speaking out on behalf of the citizens of Toronto. We need to do a lot more. We need to bring in, uh, uh, we need to bring community officers back into communities where they're needed. And we need to do it in a sustainable way because we're suffering today the consequences of the poor decisions that were made then. Sure. You know, if you've got, you got a captain of a ship steering into an iceberg and they don't take corrective action, what's going to happen, Alex? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, we're, we're in trouble. And, and I, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but I told them so then. I don't know why. And, and every, look, everyone looks to experts. Um, I don't get it um, because I use common sense. I represent my community. I'm very grassroots. I'm there. I know what we need. They should know what we need. They ignored it then, and I believe they're still ignoring it today. I have a motion that's coming, a uh, member motion coming to council tomorrow. I hope it gets unanimous approval because it makes sense. It's, emer- it's, a, it's, it's requesting um, an emergency meeting specifically regarding the topic we're talking about right now. Do you have a, ga- do you have a gang problem in your ward? I mean, I know that there was a big bust and that's all great. It, it causes an interruption. It certainly doesn't stop it. But do you have a particular turf war going on? Yes, absolutely. So the uh, turf war is there, um, you know, and it's, it's guns and gangs have been around for uh, forever. Yeah. And uh, we have a serious gang problem in the northwest end of the city. And um, it, it's there. And uh, even with this bust, uh, 
you know, there's, there's so many of them, mm-hmm. uh, they maybe scratch the, uh, the surface with that. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and this is why if, if you have uh, community officers in communities doing the job and let the police do their job, let, uh, you know, they, they, we need to untie their hands. And, uh, of course, the carding never worked out, but there has to be, uh, a, a, again, a new model of, you know, the police have to feel comfortable to be able to do their jobs as well. So we need to, to go back to some old-fashioned policing, and we need to get the, the, uh, the police back into the communities and uh, let them nurture those relationships yeah, that will, agree. in the long term, make those communities safer. Well, Councillor, thank you for coming on. Let us know what happens with that motion tomorrow, and we'll get you back on to talk about the issue. Hopefully there'll be no more uh, carnage in your ward, but thank you. Thank you so much for taking the call. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. That is uh, City Councillor Vincent Crisanti, who is in Ward 1. This is a particular area that has been hit hard by gun crime. We'll see where it goes, but he is saying what needs to be said. Will it do anything? That would take leadership. So we need to see that. On Point, I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.